This is Jones Financial Talk with Nick Jones from Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. Nick provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Jones Financial Talk with your host, Nick Jones. Well, hello and welcome back to Jones Financial Talk. My name is Nick Jones from Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions. Listeners, if you'd like more information about what you hear during our show today, please give us a call at 541-773-9567 or visit us online at jonesfinancialtalk.com. And while on your website, please feel free to click on our radio page and check out some of our past shows and subscribe to our program on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And as always, please don't hesitate to reach out to us with any questions or to set up a face-to-face or virtual meeting. Now, listeners, we spend so much of our life working toward retirement and the goals that we would like to accomplish once we've retired. And an interesting wrinkle is that there are trends in how people choose to spend their retirement. For instance, many retirees than ever before are choosing to retire abroad. In fact, according to the Social Security Administration, the number of Americans receiving Social Security while living outside the country jumped 40% in the last five years. And although it's difficult to get an exact headcount, anecdotal evidence suggests that millions of working-age Americans have also embraced early retirement in other parts of the world. And that's mainly because of virtual technology and a lower cost of living. In fact, in 2016, the U.S. State Department estimated that as many as 9 million non-military Americans were living outside the country. Canada, Japan, Mexico, Germany, and the United Kingdom are currently some of the most popular destinations for Americans living abroad. So on today's program, we're going to discuss some of the steps that you may want to take if you're intrigued by the possibility of living outside the United States during retirement, whether on a part-time or a full-time basis. But before we dive any further into today's topic, let me introduce my co-host, Tony Shore. How are you doing, my friend? Well, I'm doing great. I'm just listening to all this thinking, wow, this is going to be a great show today. Uh, You've lined up a good one. This is a great topic. But uh, you know what? I've been great. Just crazy busy with home projects. And, you know, it's been kind of hot and humid. uh, Just working away. How about you? What have you been up to, Nick? Oh, things are going great here, Tony. I recently actually uh, have been traveling a little bit, went to Florida for a, a really nice financial conference and got to, to meet up with some great uh, some great colleagues. Oh, that's great. That's great. And uh, of course, Florida in July, I don't know about that. It's but, a little humid, uh, a little humid. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little hot. Well, uh, this topic you've chose today, uh, this is a good one, and I'm excited to jump into this. Uh, you know, Uh, I've been struck by the number of people just in my life who are close to retirement age and they tell me they're actually considering retiring outside of the U.S. And I see all these articles about, uh, you know, top, you know, most inexpensive countries to retire to. And so, you know, some people are considering that. And, you know, I don't think people are interested in retirement abroad due to an an unhappiness with our country. Of course, Uh, the U.S. is great, but they're merely looking for adventure and maybe warmer weather. 
and a way to stretch that retirement budget, right? Well, that's exactly correct, Tony. And, you know, during the last handful of years, I've definitely seen uh, an uptick uh, in the number of my clients who bring up the possibility of retiring abroad. And, you know, that that, that lifestyle is, is a very real possibility for many people that are retired, though, as you could probably imagine, it does require some pre-move homework, planning, and paperwork. And so, you know, today I thought we'd talk a little bit about some tips if you are considering retiring overseas um, and just give you a little bit of advice. And so the first thing that I wanted to make sure uh, to talk with everybody about is to make sure that they set some clear goals about what they really want to get out of retiring abroad. And to that end, um, you should ask yourself um, to answer a bunch of pivotal pivotal questions that um, are most important to you. Like, um, do I want to live a more comfortable life on a reasonable budget? Or do I want to get out and explore the world? Do I simply want to try a different lifestyle? Or is retiring as early as possible my main goal? Because the answers to those questions are going to help you shrink the globe a bit and really focus on some destinations that probably fit your vision. Sure. And yeah, and it's all about the destination. I think those are good questions. And so once those important questions are answered, uh, what goes into choosing a destination? Yeah, well, you know, Tony, while it's um, it's easy to get caught up in visions of great weather and beaches and sidewalk cafes when it comes to choosing your home abroad, uh, you'll want to do some research into more tangible things as well. So, for example, what will the costs of day-to-day living in your potential new country be? And how much will the initial expenses of moving there run you? And now from there, you should also weigh factors like your comfort level with the culture and language and ease of which your family and friends will be able to visit you. Um, and, and furthermore, if you want to work part time, whether in an office or a coffee shop, you need to make sure that your potential new country is going to allow you to work. And also remember that as you age, healthcare may become the most important thing uh, in your life. And so make sure that the countries that you consider have healthcare facilities and options that you need um, and have grown accustomed to here in the States. Now, lastly, don't undervalue the importance of infrastructure like airports, good roads, ports, and especially things like high-speed internet. Well, yeah, and that's, uh, I couldn't live without high-speed internet. (laughs) That's my problem. Got to be somewhere where you can get a great connection. And, you know, when moving outside of the U.S., I know you'll want to understand all the visa and residency requirements. There's a lot to it, isn't there? Oh, that's exactly right, Tony. You know, every country has its own unique visa, residency, and immigration requirements. And so, um, if you understand England's requirements, for, for instance, don't assume that Panama has the same list of rules. For instance, uh, many countries provide temporary residency permits as long as you have sufficient income back home. Um, the, the income requirement varies by country. And as for a permanent residency, it's often only allowed after you've legally resided in that new country for a certain number of years, uh, which again varies by country. And w- when it comes to request permanent residency, it may be a smart move to work with a local attorney. Uh, You can also visit the U.S. uh, Department of State's website for more information as well. Yeah, yeah, that's good and uh, great advice. And I've enjoyed uh, discussing this trend with you so far, Nick, but we should take a moment to let our listeners know how they can get a hold of you 
to set up that complimentary consultation. There's no charge, no obligation to really look over their finances and their retirement plans and get a solid plan in place. Definitely. And listeners, you can always visit our website at jonesfinancialtalk.com or simply just reach out to us by phone at 541-773-9567 to discuss how our team might be able to help answer any questions you have about the topics that we discussed today or anything about uh, your path to retirement. All right. Sounds great. And listeners, stay tuned. We're going to be right back with more of Jones Financial Talk and our host, Nick Jones, right after this. Do you feel like you need help navigating your retirement? Retirement can be scary, but it doesn't have to be. With our Retirement Income Toolkit, you can get the information you need to help secure your retirement. This toolkit provides valuable information on income planning, asset allocation, tax planning, legacy planning, and more. Receive your Retirement Toolkit from Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions by visiting jonesfinancialtalk.com or calling us at 541-773-9567. And welcome back to Jones Financial Radio. I am your co-host, Tony Shore, and I'm here with our host, Nick Jones. And Nick, during today's show, you've been talking about steps you may want to take if you're considering hopping on an increasing trend and retiring outside of the U.S. And what's the next piece of advice you have for us regarding this? Well, yeah, Tony, you know, um, thinking about retiring overseas, I also wanted to emphasize the wisdom of spending, you know, plenty of time in that in that new country before you put down your permanent roots. Um, it's, it's much like buying a car, right? Uh, you're not going to buy it without test driving it. And so why would you move to a tropical island, for instance, without uh, kicking its tires a bit, if that makes sense? And yeah, <laughs> good point, <laughs> you know, and so, I mean, just take a couple of months to soak in the culture and, and the pace of life in that new country and keep an open mind, uh, but also be honest with yourself about what matters to you and what doesn't. And, um, you know, after your trial run, uh, if you still love the location, then go for it. And if you don't, well, at least you had yourself a nice adventure that you can tell your family and friends about. Well, yeah, and that's exciting. And I think it's fun to go to these places anyway, but you really want to get a feel for it before you commit to moving there and retiring there. And that makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, Why not take some trips to a few different places that might interest you? I mean, obviously moving out of the country and retirement isn't the kind of decision that you want to make lightly. That's right. That's right. And, you know, another thing for for, uh, listeners to consider here is that, you know, when discussing the potential for retiring abroad with my clients, typically one of their biggest concerns is what they're going to do with their current home here in the States. And so, you know, if if your plan is to live um, abroad permanently, then selling your home could not only relieve some significant burdens on you, but uh, it also could uh, obviously put a nice chunk of cash, you know, into your account to help you get settled into that new country and your new home there. Um, however, uh, on the flip side, if your plan is to live abroad only for part of the year, then keeping your home here may be the best strategy. And um, you know, I mean, after all, it's it's always nice to have a home to come back to after you've been gone for a while. Now. If your home is paid off, renting it out while you're gone, um, you know, could go a long way in supplying you with much of the cash that you'd need to enjoy when you're, uh, you know, when you're traveling and living abroad. Right. And at the top of the show, you mentioned health care. And I've got to believe uh, this is a huge issue. I mean, when you're talking to clients, Nick, I would imagine ensuring adequate health care is a big concern for people, right? 
Definitely. This is uh, one of the top concerns, uh, along with housing. Um, healthcare is um, the first thing that you probably should consider uh, w- w- when you're going to live abroad. And one important thing to note when considering retiring abroad is that Medicare does not cover uh, healthcare expenses outside of the United States. And so for a lot of folks, that just may be the deal breaker and, uh, and help them make the decision to not move um, out of the states to live. Now, on a related note, though, it's not uncommon for out-of-pocket healthcare expenses in other countries to be significantly less than here in the United States, which is, is why many people are still comfortable living abroad. Health insurance is also generally available in most countries that Americans typically consider for retirement. Finally, um, Tony, you know, a, a robust international insurance policy will likely cover uh, private medical and dental treatment or even medical evacuation back to the United States if you need that. And so while the cost of this insurance can vary in some countries, um, your expenses may still be lower than what you'd pay out of pocket here for Medicare. Oh, wow. Well, so if an American retiree heads abroad permanently to live out their retirement, what should they do about Medicare? Great, great question. Now, even though you aren't able to use Medicare while living outside of the country, it, it may be very important to still maintain it. Because if you change your mind at some point to return home, or if you return home because of an illness, you want to have Medicare to help you address some of those costs. And so a solid strategy for long-term care is also something that you should square away if you intend to live abroad. Um, while it's only natural to hope um, you know, to live a long, healthy life, the cold reality is that many people end up needing some type, of, some type of long-term care eventually. And remember, listeners, that long-term care facilities are far less common outside of North America, particularly in, in Latin America and Asia, where um, you know, the custom is that older family members are cared for by, um, by their younger family members at home. And so in many countries, you'll be able to find, you know, relatively low cost assistance, but you still want to create a plan right now that addresses what could happen to your health uh, several years down the road. Sure. And that's something you have to watch out for and uh, plan for. There is a lot to this. What are some things, though, that Americans considering retirement abroad need to be aware of when it comes to banking and taxes? Yes, that's another uh, huge topic, Tony. And, you know, with with banking and setting up deposits and bill pays, those can be very tricky, uh, especially when you factor in the exchange rates if you live in a different country. And so doing business with an international bank with locations that are both in in the United States as well as the new country that you move to is probably the simplest way to handle uh, your banking needs. Now, when it comes to taxes, the most important thing to note is that moving to another country doesn't exempt you from U.S. taxes. Um, You know, when living abroad, you still must file a yearly tax return and report any income you've earned in your new country. And with regard to that income, it's possible that you're going to have to pay taxes on it in your new country as well as in the United States. So truth be told, um, you know, I've only addressed a couple of the high-level tax issues that many um, Americans need to consider if they're going to retire abroad. And so, as always, um, I would want you to consult with a tax professional for an in-depth look at, at what those taxes could be depending on that country that you pick. 
Yeah. Yeah. Taxes. You always have to think about that. And ever, if ever there was a reason to maintain a relationship with a financial services professional here in the States, like yourself, uh, after you've moved abroad, taxes would probably be it. And I, I think we've had a great show so far today, Nick, but we should probably take another quick break here and then be back shortly with more insights and conversation about retirement lifestyles. Uh, but first, let our listeners know how they can get a hold of you. That sounds great, Tony. Yes, listeners, as always, don't hesitate to reach out to us. You can uh, um, you know, call us at 541-773-9567, and I look forward to you joining us uh, after the break. All right, sounds great. And we'll be right back with more of Jones Financial Talk and our host, Nick Jones, right after this. Do you have concerns about how market volatility in the current economy might be affecting your finances? I'm Herstel Jones with Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions. Give me a call at 541-773-9567 to set up a complimentary phone or virtual meeting to discuss your strategy and goals. Call 541-773-9567. Again, that's 541-773-9567. Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions is a registered investment advisor in the state of Oregon. Well, welcome back to Jones Financial Talk. My name is Nick Jones with Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions. Listeners, if you'd like more information about what you hear during our show today, please give us a call at 541-773-9567 or visit us online at jonesfinancialtalk.com. And as always, once you visit our website, please click on the radio page to check out any of our previous shows and subscribe to our program on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. All right. And this has been a great conversation. I mean, you've been highlighting some of these retirement trends. And up until now, you've been talking about popular uh, trends uh, like retiring abroad. What do you have for us next? Yeah, this has been a great conversation so far, Tony, about retiring abroad. But I thought we should spend some time in this last segment addressing another housing trend um, that's sweeping all age groups, uh, including retirees. And that's uh, tiny house living, if you haven't heard of it before. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, this is this is a crazy trend. I watched that series on uh, on I think it's on Home and Garden or one of the one of the networks. Uh, they have actually a show about people who build and live in tiny houses. Yeah, I mean, it's it's become, um, you know, a very real thing li- recently. And, you know, the an interesting stat that kind of jumped out to me recently was that uh, people that are 50 and older make up roughly 40% of the tiny house market. And so that tells me that plenty of retirees are, are taking the tiny house movement very seriously. Well, yeah, and I, I, it is. I, more and more people are doing it. And I never thought, I thought it was, it's still relatively small, but I mean, there's two television series out there about it. And um, I, I actually know a person now personally that's done it. So it is a trend that's getting a lot of attention, especially in the last couple of years. And uh, what should older people pondering a move to a tiny home be aware of? Because it, it can look appealing and those houses look cool, but uh, I know it's not for everybody. Well, yeah, Tony, the, the first important question is whether or not you have a place to put your tiny home, because the, the tiny house trend is still fairly recent and many local zoning ordinances and building codes don't address them. And so if your tiny home is on wheels, it's likely to be categorized as a, as a recreational vehicle and thus considered a temporary residence. Now, 
If you choose to build your tiny house on a permanent foundation, you'll want to be sure that it meets local minimum square footage requirements. And, you know, thankfully, many communities are starting to embrace the tiny house movement, which means that building requirements and codes um, are becoming more flexible for, for many people. Yeah, and that's that's good. I mean, obviously, uh, this is an interesting trend. But, yeah, the first <laughs> important question is, where are you going to put it? And I, I know one of the big appeals of tiny houses is a lower sticker price, obviously, than a standard size home. Yes. But what are some of the, I know there are hidden costs that come with tiny houses, right? Sure, sure. Yeah. You should definitely uh, keep those in mind. I mean, you know, wh while the costs of building your own tiny home can be as little as, let's say, 25000 um, having a builder handle it for you is going to at least double that budget. And you should also bear in mind that it may be harder to get financing for a tiny home. And, you know, interest rates are generally going to be higher than they would be for a traditional home. Um, however, you know, there have been some nice, more flexible financing options for tiny homes that, that are emerging because this is a, you know, such a phenomenon that people are taking to. Now, another thing to consider, Tony, though, is, is that if you would intend to build your tiny home on a permanent foundation, you're going to need to purchase land. And so, you know, if you intend to build a mobile tiny home, um, you might not have to buy the land, but you're need going to need to purchase a vehicle that's powerful enough to, to haul it around. And when you decide to go on the road, you're going to need to pay fees, um, you know, at RV parks, like, uh, like typical people do when, when they have a trailer. Yeah. And, and you still need to, when you're at home base, if you have one, find a place to park it, uh, where are you going to get electricity? What are you going to do for plumbing? So, uh, there are a lot of questions, but I'm guessing for retired couples going from a traditional sized house to a tiny home, could be a real culture shock. <laughs> um, you know, for some of our clients, that is definitely what, what I would consider an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'd probably be a shock for me too. I, I, although I'm fascinated by it, I'm like, oh, I could do that. And then I think, wait, I think about my record collection and I'm like, no, I couldn't do that. <laughs> yeah. There's so many things that we're used to, you know, I mean, no matter how much you love your spouse or your partner, you have to be aware that, you know, you're going to be in very, very close quarters right. and, and, you know, there's going to be far fewer opportunities for solitude uh, than there were in your previous life. And, you know, because of that, um, some tiny homes, um, you know, and, and experts that, that, that talk about tiny homes recommend renting a small apartment for a few months before you make any permanent decisions on building that tiny home to make sure that you can live in that small of a space. Oh, that's a great idea. That's something I hadn't thought of or heard about before, uh, even on those tiny home shows. That's really good. Now, in addition to the point you just made, I mean, getting used to living with somebody inside just a few hundred square feet, obviously that could be an issue. But uh, the big issue, I think, for me would be you're going to have to get rid of a lot of stuff. And <laughs> <Your records. laughs> uh, I have a huge record and CD collection and stereo that just, uh, you know, it's probably not doable for me. Yeah. Well, and that, that definitely is one of the biggest challenges uh, when it comes to tiny house living, because for many Americans, stuff, <laughs> you know, is just part of our life. Yep. Right. I mean, you talked about uh, all of your stereo equipment. Uh, uh, we could add books and clothes. Oh, yeah, and... books. I have a lot of books, too. <laughs> I mean, collectibles, you name it. Yep. I mean, it, there's so many things that we like to we like to have. And whether you like it or not, a lot of that stuff simply can't move with you into your tiny home. And so, you know, the question becomes, 
can you live without most of that stuff? Or are you just emotionally ready to really give it all up? And, you know, don't forget, uh, when you're retired, one of the main things that we talk with people about is, is their hobbies. And so, you know, if they're a scrapbooker or, or if you're a golfer or if you're a kayaker, all of that stuff has to be stored someplace. And so if, if you live in a tiny house, your options are going to be limited. You really, really want to think those things through. Yeah. I mean, watching those tiny houses shows on TV and reading articles about them, they get really clever at uh, things that fold up and hide <laughs> away. And, and the design and engineering behind it, it is really fascinating. And you know, I've noticed, uh, you know, la- but you know, another point uh, thinking about that, uh, what a lot of tiny houses have are ladders or steep stairs that lead up into a sleeping area or a right. loft. And that's definitely something older folks are going to have to be aware of. That's probably not a good thing for retirees. That, definitely not. That's that's exactly right. And, you know, um, as you just mentioned, I mean, many tiny houses utilize lofts and ladders and very narrow stairways uh, and cubbies um, that need to be either pulled out or, or, or slid open. And so obviously all of these things can be a challenge for older folks. Um, now, you should also note, though, though, that um, if you're having a tiny house built, you can address a lot of these things out front uh, if you just plan correctly. And, you know, when it comes down to it, I think tiny house living could be a wonderful solution, uh, both financially and in terms of of retirement uh, lifestyle for many people, Um, but certainly not for all. And so, you know, I mean, um, I think we need to consider, you know, to maintain your preferred lifestyle, it's always good to think through the pros and the cons and then find a tiny home with, um, you know, the things that are built into it that suit your own needs for the next years to come. Yeah. Well, and this has been a great discussion. I mean, what a fascinating, uh, you picked two really interesting kind of uh, off the beaten path topics today that we don't normally talk about retiring abroad or uh, living in a tiny home and uh, the the tiny houses uh, trend and movement that's going on. So fascinating topics, Nick. Uh, thanks for bringing that to the show. A lot of great information today, but we're out of time. Is there anything else you want to add before we go today? Tony, these have been uh, two great topics. I've had a lot of fun with you today on the show, and i just like to tell our listeners that if they'd like any more information about what we discussed today or um, have any questions about their own retirement planning, I'd encourage them to visit our website at jonesfinancialtalk.com or give us a call at 541-773-9567 to see how we might be able to help you organize any of those goals and plans that you need. All right, and that does it for today's episode of Jones Financial Talk with our host, Nick Jones. Thank you for listening to Jones Financial Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Nick Jones at Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions. Call 541-773-9567 or visit their website at jonesfinancialtalk.com. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions, a registered investment advisor in the state of Oregon. Insurance products and services are offered through Jones & Associates Premier Insurance Solutions. Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions and Jones & Associates Premier Insurance Solutions are affiliated companies. Nick Jones, Herstel Jones, and Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented 
presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.